Greetings, friends, and thank you for listening to the podcast, The Church Dismantled, The Kingdom Restored, or the podcast, Walter Brueggemann, A Prophetic Voice for Our Times. I have two of these running together, and sometimes I put one episode on one of them and one on the other, so you might want to check out both of them. Sometimes I put the same episode on both podcasts. Just a reminder that my uh, autobi- my biography of Walter Brueggemann, the first biography of Walter Brueggemann, entitled Walter Brueggemann's Prophetic Imagination, a Theological Biography, is available for $13.80 on Amazon, and the Kindle book is about the same price as well. The final chapter of that book discusses the relationship between Walter Brueggemann and Jim Wallace over many decades, and the mutual collaboration that they've had in their prophetic voice to the uh, American church. So if you've not picked that book up uh, and you want to read more about their relationship and what each of them has brought, I invite you to do so. Thank you for joining me for this podcast. Greetings, friends, and welcome to the podcast, A Church Dismantled, A Kingdom Restored, a podcast about some things that God just may be up to in the world, in the church, in my life, in your life. I'm Conrad Kanegi of Elizabethtown, Pennsylvania, and this is the second season of this podcast. This is episode number five, and it's entitled, Why That Dark Shadow of the Anabaptist Martyrs That Created Terror for Me as a Child Might Actually Be the Shadow of the Cross with Life and Light on the Other Side. Earlier this summer, I critiqued the little church down the street in my hometown for their sign that invited folks to a call for prayer, nestled as it was between two very large red, white, and blue wooden signs. I cautioned that such a mixing of Christian faith and flag-waving was what sociologists have called civil religion, but which the insurrection last week in our nation's capital reminds us is anything but civil. For the mixing of Christian faith with political power always ends where such idolatry always ends, in flames, self-destruction, and with the worshippers becoming what, in fact, they worship. When confronted last summer by a leader of this prayer gathering, I repented in episode 62, and perhaps repenting for my attitude was appropriate. But my critique was right on, for it turns out that one of the leaders of that prayer gathering helped to organize four busloads from my hometown last week to take the trip to Washington, D.C., and to participate on the march in the Capitol. Sometimes, friends, those of us steeped in the shadow of the Anabaptist martyrs need to pay greater attention to our instincts, for those instincts might just be the voice of our Lord reminding us in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 9, that whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very soul? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. My backtracking this summer from my comments was perhaps a lesson in cowardice rather than a profile in courage. I've taken enough hits over the years for the willingness I've had to raise questions and challenge the taken-for-granted realities of those in the church. And again, perhaps it was above all my heart that needed to be more like Christ. 
But I do know one thing. Christ would not have participated in that march in Washington, D.C., and anyone who believes otherwise has fallen far from the gospel and its truth and far from the freedom that is found in laying down one's life rather than taking up one's sword. Our last week, if it illustrates anything, reminds us of Jesus' words that those who live by the sword will die by the sword, as will too many of those who blindly join the mob, regardless of whether their t-shirts or flags say Jesus saves or not. Because those who carry those flags and wear those t-shirts seem to have forgotten that what Jesus saves is not democracy or religious freedom, neither of which is promoted or endorsed in the scripture. What Jesus saves us from is the kind of death we saw so clearly perpetrated in images I will never forget from last week. He saves us from the need to defend ourselves. He saves us from the compulsion to protect our interests. He calls us instead to stand with him, to carry that cross that was carried by our martyr ancestors, the cross that speaks of God's reign, God's order, God's kingdom, God's shalom, a cross that promises my enemy who threatens me and threatens to destroy me that I will not return the favor. For I am free from revenge, I am free to love, and I am free to be courageous. When we have gotten to that point, my friends, there ain't no stop in the coming kingdom, pure and undefiled by political power and corruption. As I've said repeatedly to our congregation and did so again this past Sunday, this year's election will be nothing more than a footnote in God's story of God's kingdom and God's reign. So where do you and I want to be in the end? In the footnotes or in the story? Today, I'm thankful for the shadow of the martyrs in my church story, even though their story was a high bar for me as a kid to imagine reaching. But given Jesus' words, reaching that bar is less about doing than about giving up. Giving up our lives to him and doing so to find that one day we will be just the ones who get our lives back. And what a glorious day that will be. While the question of would you die for Jesus tormented me as a child, struggling as I was with the terror of a God who would send me to hell if I said no or I'm not sure, thinking of that question last week, would you die for Jesus, in light of the events in Washington, D.C., brought peace and a sense of freedom to realize that by this point in my life, the answer to that question just might be, I think so. Thank you so much, my friend, for tuning in for another episode of A Church Dismantled, A Kingdom Restored, Season 2. This is Conrad Kinegi wishing you an awareness that you are so deeply loved and that you are not alone. For we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen.